My name is Cassie. I'm April. And you are listening to Five Valleys Production Story Slam. Story Slam is a collection of true stories told live by performers in training at Stroud College. Story Slam is inspired by The Moth, a podcast and live event where everyday people can share their stories and experiences through the art of storytelling. Our stories today are about persuasion, trying to conquer your fears, whether it goes well or not, being a falsely accused criminal or giving someone else the final push. Our first story is from Lee Bowers with First Time at the Park. So, as a kid, me and my mum, we'd move around an absolute hell of a lot. So we moved to this place called Redditch. Now, I don't know if any of you know Redditch, but it's a lovely place until you get to the people. They are horrid, horrid people. So, we'd lived there for about a year and a half. And my mum hadn't quite set up school yet. So, I was sitting in my room, and I was just reminiscing about the good old days I had with my mates. You know, when I used to be the king of these monkey bars, I was the best. Literally, I was known for these monkey bars, I was the best. And then, I always used to look out my window and I'd see these two kids. Now one lad, he was quite skinny, looked quite athletic, looked like he could run a marathon and do it in a second. And the other lad, he was quite big, quite strong and a little bit chubby. So I thought, all right, I don't wanna get on the wrong side of you. And one day, they look up and I'm like, oh no, they've seen me. And they both start walking towards my house. I'm like, oh God, uh, what am I gonna do? And they knock on the door, and I'm like, oh, what do I do? So I ran to the top of the stairs, and I waited. My mum went on the door, you all right, lads? And I was, oh, come on, what are they going to say? It's your son coming out to play. Before my mum had a second to speak, oh, I was gone. Down these stairs, bum, bye, mum, I'm going, I'm not coming back. So I went out, I learned the skinny lad, his name was Will, and the big lad, his name was John. So we decided, as seven-year-old kids, we're gonna go to the park. So we're off to the park and we meet this other lad. This other lad doesn't look quite right. He looks a little bit, how do I say it? Like he'd snitch on you if he was to say anything. So I thought, oh, okay, let's not, let's not try and get on the bad side of these people already. So we do what kids do at the park. Went on the roundabout, went on the swings, then it comes to these monkey bars and I'm like, here we go. This is my time. So, Will, the skinny lad goes across, he's gone. And then he gets Sir John, the quite big lad. He's struggling across his monkey bars. And he's proper struggling. And then he gets to the other lad, his name was Aaron. He just wouldn't go. I'm so scared. It's so high, I'm gonna hurt myself. And I'm sat behind him, I'm like, come on, hurry up, mate. I want to get on these monkey bars. I want to show how good I am. Oh, I'm so scared. I'm just frustration. Keep building. I'm scared. I'm scared. Gone. This lad just goes straight on the floor. Doesn't move for a good 30 seconds. So I go across these monkey bars and I'm, I'm better than Will. I'm gone. I am like a wizard on these. Gone. And then both Will and John start walking towards me. Hey, ha. They just walked straight past me. And I'm like, oh, hang on a minute, why have you both just walked past me? So I look, and Aaron's on the floor, crying. And I'm like, okay, he's, he's, he's just fell. So he must have hurt his knee, hurt his leg, I don't know, something's wrong with him. 
And then my mum calls, come on, Lee, we're going to go home now. So off we go, back home. And I didn't hear from them for a good week. Uh, by that time, my mum had set in my school, so I was all integrated, everyone was happy. And then Will comes and knocks on the door. Come on, Lee, we're going to go to the park. So at these swings, and we're just talking about how school's going. Yeah, it's all right, yeah, everything's going all right. And then this woman just stares at me. Her eyes are hungry. And the second her mouth comes out, just pure vileness spills out. Who do you think you are? You are my child. What are you doing? I'm like, what the hell are you on about? I don't know. And I look behind her and there's this lad. Now this lad's in a cast. I'm like, okay, who is he? So I have a good inspection. I'm like, oh, it's Aaron. Right. And this woman's still hurling abuse at me. Who do you think you are? You just hurt my son. And Will, who sat with me, goes and sits with them. And I'm like, so it's you versus me. Right, okay. What am I going to do? So as a seven-year-old kid, I go home to my mum. I'm like, mum, I'm so scared. And she says, right, Lee, you're not going to that park again. And from that day, I've just never, ever, ever been to that park again. Thank you for listening, guys. Thank you, Lee, for sharing your story about Monkey Bar Mayhem. The next story is Fran Halligan with One Way Swing. So my mother is an English teacher, and from time to time, we have students from France, Spain, Russia. And this time, we were lucky enough to get an Italian student, and her name is Margarita. And when my mother used to shout up the stairs, Margarita, it's time for dinner. I always used to whisper, pizza. So this student was especially awesome because she loved doing lots of activities. So my mother had suggested, let's do Go Ape. And I thought, okay, let's do this. Wait one minute. Is that the activity where you have to climb high above the ground and try and stay up there? So I thought for a minute, I thought, okay, I can do this, this is fine. It's a family activity, let's just go for it. So, okay, I took a breath and said to myself, if Aiden can do this, my big brother, if, my, if Margarita can do it, then I'll do it. So the very next day, we went to Go Ape. I actually was excited, but my brother was teasing me in the car saying, you're gonna fall, you're gonna fall, and I thought, no, I'm not gonna fall, Aiden. just leave it be. So I kept panicking, 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 till I couldn't breathe. And then, we arrived. So then, I walked out the car, I saw a giant zip wire, and my face went red, in shock. Me thinking, oh my goodness. I thought it wouldn't be that high, so I looked up, my mother assured me, saying, it will be fine. Look, you're very safe. You've got harnesses all clipped on. So then we were brought to the harness practice area. Everything was fine. I was so happy. I clipped on, I clipped off, and then we went through casually the practice area. But as soon as we got to the first rope ladder, I was mortified. I climbed up that ladder and thinking, Okay, my mother's down there, she'll walk through the path, I'll be safe, everything's okay. While my brother was laughing, I thought, okay, let's just do this. So I climbed up the rope ladder slowly and slowly and gently, and I did not look down. 
That's a good tip, by the way. Just don't look down. So then I walked across the first panel, all clipped in my harness, thinking, okay, I'm, I am happy. I'm going to keep going. I'm just going to keep going until I meet the Tarzan swing. Now this is where you hold onto a rope and you jump into a big spider net. And you could all, all, almost feel my heart beating. It was going, ba-doom, 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 ba-doom. And I just held my breath, thought, okay, I'm going to conquer my fear. Scared of heights, really, badly. So I looked down, I saw the big jump. I then just held onto the rope, and I flew down into the net, thinking, I made it, I did it, finally. So then I found myself with no energy in my arms, no energy in my legs. I was floppy, bouncing against the net without any bone, bone structure. So I had to be pulled up and they were saying, can you move, can you move your legs tall? Come on, come on, just can you move? This was instructor by the way. So then I was climbing and climbing my last with my last energy and I made it. I made it onto the platform and I thought, it's a miracle, that's all over now. No more bad things happening to me today. So I carried on the course, enjoyed myself, thought, I'm, I'm, look Aiden, my big brother, I have made it, I can do this, I can conquer my fear. But then it came to one more event where I had to walk across a single wire string. So I walked slowly, one foot in front of another, slowly and carefully, until I fell down. I couldn't breathe. I was screaming for my mother. She was just looking up to me, thinking, oh no, she's done it. And then she just asked someone, could we get help, please? My daughter can't pull herself to the panel. And I literally was hung upside down like a roasted pig. <laughs> you know, with the apples. So then I literally could not pull myself together. I tried and I tried and I tried. I even shouted saying, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this, I can't. Oh no, I can't do it. Luckily I was on my harness of course. I was upside down thinking, oh my goodness, please someone help me. So then before the rescue team came, they, I just thought to myself, Francesca, this is the only time you're gonna get over your fear. The only time that you will show yourself and prove yourself that you're not just scared of anything. You are Francesca Halligan. So then I pulled myself up and I pulled myself up until I hit my head on the platform. <laughs> oh, that was a nasty bump after, I'll tell you that. So then I was able to pull myself up in the end and I went through the rest of the maze, happy as can be. And that is how I conquered my fear, thank you. Such bravery from Fran, showing us that the only way is up. Next up, we have Jasmine Sweetland with Competition Chaos. So, it was two days since my nose exploded, before the biggest competition of my life. We'd been training for weeks since my mum had convinced me to do the choreography for a cheerleading competition and then take part in the team as well, which was quite a lot of work. And we'd come to our final practice on the weekend of the competition. We did a Friday evening. We were all quite tired. We'd been at school all week. 
and we'd, we'd just about managed to get through the training session. It'd been quite successful, we ran the routine lots. And we were just running over the pyramid for the last time. And I was a base on the, one si on the outer side of the pyramid. And I had my flyer in my hands with my other base on the opposite side. And we were just coming to the final part of the pyramid where the flyer does a front cradle, which is where they fall flat and you catch them in your arms. And Gemma took a nice big bounce and started to come down. And I realized I was a little bit too far out. Bit of a panic. <laughs> Charged in, as you do. And so I caught her, it's fine. However, I wasn't prepared for much weight on my arms by the time I got in. So I caught her, and I plummeted towards my other base's shoulder, Lauren. And bang, my nose exploded. I hit the floor quite hard. And lots of the girls were kind of screaming and bustling around me because it looked like I had a beard of blood underneath my nose. Bearing in mind this was two days before competition, I was quite petrified that I'd have black eyes from this, from this bash on the nose. But I managed to pick myself back up. There was blood all over the mat. I was looking a bit of a mess in my cheer uniform. And I had ice packs everywhere and everyone was leaving. I was going, see you tomorrow, <laughs> see you tomorrow. I also hate blood, so that was a bit of a, I was like, <laughs> help. <laughs> And I managed to get home and rest up. And the morning after, which was Saturday morning training, we had a long training session from 9 till about 12, which was another long session with quite a sore nose. We were just running over the pyramid again, trying to fix the sections that had obviously gone rather wrong. And on my bit went fine. I was sorted on this side. And then we were just running it for like midway through. And one of the flyers on the opposite side, Lucinda, she's like this big, big, Massive blonde hair, flies like an absolute crazy person. She will do anything. She has no fears whatsoever. She just came down funny and hit her wrist. And I'd been on the other side, so I was a bit busy like doing what I was doing. And then my, my mum, who's the coach, had realised that she'd fallen funny and she was crying. Now, I've never, ever, ever in my whole time cheerleading seen this little girl cry. She She's impossible to break like she is actually ridiculous I was quite surprised actually because my mum was getting quite flustered she's quite panicked I felt a bit a bit jealous really because she'd been really calm when I almost broke my nose the day before she was absolutely fine when it was me but but she was like no no we need we need to call your mum Lucinda we need to call your mum and Lucinda was like you're not calling my mum she's like I have to call your mum she's like coach Lou if you call my mum, then I'm not doing the competition tomorrow. And my mum is like, <laughs> like crazy flappy arms, absolutely ridiculous. So Lucinda sat down, my mum forced her to sit down for five minutes and then carried on. Like nothing had ever happened. Like she'd not just fallen off of a, a shoulder height lift. She was absolutely fine. I don't know how she does it because I wasn't so fine the day before, but my mum didn't mind that. She's like, just kind of black eyes, it's fine. But we finally got to the competition on Sunday. By this point, obviously, the weekend had been rather stressful. And we'd had quite a long travel and getting, getting everything set up. And we finally performed our first routine in the cheer competition. And that went, funnily enough, successful with no problems. Thank the Lord.
because I'd been pulling my hair out about that routine for ages. And it finally got to our second category, which was the pom dance, which doesn't include any stunts. Thank God. Because <laughs> that makes me tear my hair out. <laughs> and then we were just waiting in our holding spot and they took all the mats away. Which we didn't realise they were going to do. We had a lot of tumbling in our next routine. Taking the mats away isn't that great when you've got really nice hard wooden floors. So don't think this is going to quite work. So I got my whole team, took them upstairs and rearranged the choreography five minutes before we went on the mat. <laughs> so nobody would injure themselves. <laughs> we then, by this point, my heart... I'm normally quite calm with these sort of situations, but I was, I was starting to panic. I just rearranged the whole routine five minutes before we were on, on the on the performance area. And we finally performed. Some miracle made us not mess it up. I don't know quite how. But we got to the final part of the competition where they announced who'd placed where. And we were waiting for the final call-outs. And finally, LCS Cheerleaders Blaze have won both of their categories. Thank God. Thank you very much. <laughs> Despite a painful pyramid, Jazz and her team defied the odds and achieved their goal of winning first place. Coming up, we have some more terrific tales from our talented tellers, such as a chilling dance experience and false accusations of robbery. But now, we will hear a story from Tom Andrews called Consequences. It was a very special day. Uh, a day that had been planned for weeks now, uh, a day that I wouldn't miss the world for, uh, and that day was my mum's birthday. Uh, it was a Friday afternoon, uh, we just finished up lunch at school, and um, we were making our way towards our sixth period, which was maths. And maths being the drag that it is, uh, we weren't looking forward to it. Uh, so my friend and I, Matt, we walked into the lesson, and we noticed something was up. And our teacher wasn't the same teacher we'd had before. Bearing in mind this was year seven, and we'd never experienced substitute teachers before. So we saw this frail old woman, who'd probably never taught a day in her life, stood at the front of the class. So we're thinking, okay, we'll just cop a seat by our desks. And uh, the whole class sits down. She writes her name up on the board, Miss Snowden. And then she trundles her way around through the desks, and she hands out everyone a piece of paper with, like, maths questions or what have you on it. And so... She makes her way back towards the front of the class and she sits down at the desk and she just stares at the computer. And at that point, the whole class just breaks into absolute raucous. You've got pens, pencils, rubbers, rulers flying across the classroom, some kids getting hit, some kids throwing it, and it's just absolute chaos. And so Matt and I, we decide, hey, last lesson of the day. It's going to be a free lesson. Let's just uh, have a bit of fun. So we start screwing up balls of paper, throwing them around, throwing them into like bins, people, uh, just the general. And um, I should probably state that um, in our school we had a, a behavioral system called consequences. And it would go a C1 and a C2 that were verbal warnings and a C3 that was a detention. And so the teacher makes her way around to us and um, bearing in mind she could not control the rest of the class for her life. It was just out of control. And she comes up to us, and she sticks us both on a C1. So at this point, I'm thinking, well, I've got places to be later. Let's not push it. So 
I get my head down. I do, say, about 10 minutes of work. Uh, get bored. I uh, just pop my head up, have a look around, see what's going on. And then all of a sudden, I just feel this sharp pain in the back of my head and a ping. I'm like, hello. So I turn around, I have a look, and some kid's lobbed a bloody rubber at my head. So I'm thinking, well, I'm not having that. I pick up the rubber and I casually return fire. And so I throw it at this kid's forehead and it hits his head and it bounces off his head towards the teacher. And she's not very pleased about this, so she gets up out of her seat again and she makes her way towards us and she stood in front of us once again and she issues us with a C2. Now I'm thinking, okay, that probably wasn't the best choice to make. So I'm just sat there and then all of a sudden, Matt turns to me and he says, should we do something spur of the moment? And I'm like, spur of the what? And up we get onto the desks and we're stood on the desk and then off we go down to the front of the class, hopping over desk, over desk, over desk, jumping over these little kids, bearing in mind they have no idea what's going on, looking up at these giants on the desks. And the teacher's just stood at the front of the class in awe. Her jaw just drops to the floor, I kid you not. Um, one desk before we reach the end, Matt falls, smacks his face on the floor, blood gushing out of his nose, gets whisked off to the nurse. And I'm just left there, stood up on this desk, with all these eyes looking up at me. Uh, just give him a casual wave, get off the desk, and return to my seat. And so the teacher at this point, she's just still stood there at the front, like, what's just happened? And she makes her way around to us once again. Matt's not here at this point. It's just me sat there. And um, she, she comes up to me. She's like, now you do realize. She was very calm about the situation, mind. I don't know how she did it. And uh, she said, you do realize you should be on an automatic C3. And uh, I turn to her and I go, well, I basically explain my predicament to her and uh, what I've got to be doing after school. And essentially, it all boils down to a vote somehow. Don't ask me how it got there. She called a vote. So she makes her way back round to the front of the class. And she's like, all in favor of Tom being sent out, please raise your hand. And to my shock and anger, half the class put their hand up. And I thought, well, well, well. <laughs> Snakes. <laughs> and she says once again, those in favor of Tom staying, Everyone raises their hands. Half the class, I'd say, it was down to the wire. So I also stick my hand up. And uh, thankfully, you know, she counted my vote. The votes were counted up, and uh, I managed to stay in the class. So I finished off my lesson, and uh, I went to my mum's birthday. I had a good time. Uh, but sadly, two weeks from that day, Miss Snowden didn't work for Archway anymore. So thank you. Poor Mrs. Snowden having to deal with troublesome Tom and his classroom chaos. It was down to the wire, but Tom got away with it. Story Slam is the first part of our Sonder project. Sonder is inspired by the Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows, coined by John Koenig. He gives meaning to feelings or emotions that we don't have in the English language. The definition of Sonder being the realisation that every passerby has a life as vivid and complex as your own. More on that later. The next story we have for you is Duck Duck Goose from Chloe Gardner. So if hell was a place, it would be Slimbridge. So back in 2012, the good old days, my brothers had just turned one and we had that really hot summer. 
And the one, Jamie, they're twins, I should just clarify, he was a really grumpy child, but he loved the outside. So my mum bought a seasonal pass to Slimbridge, and every time she went, she'd be like, Chloe, do you want to come? And I'd be like, no, it's fine. I'm going out with my friends, mum. And then she'd be like, but it's this water park with this play area, and it's really cool. And I'd be like, no, it's okay. And then one day, it was ridiculously hot, and I was like, fine, do you know what? I'll come, it's boiling. She was like, I'll even buy you this dress if you come. So I thought, oh my God, that's great. I really want this dress. So we get in the car and we're on our way. And I'm looking at the signs and I'm like, there's funny little birds on there. That's odd, didn't think much of it. And then I see more signs, bird sanctuary. And I should probably mention at this point, I'm terrified of any animal that flies, birds, bees, particularly birds, because they flap, and pigeons. So, we arrive at this place with bird sanctuary written everywhere, and I'm like, Mum, where are we? She's like, Slimbridge, where I told you we were going. And I was like, yeah, but it's, it, it says bird sanctuary. I thought we were going to a water park with a play area. And she's like, yeah, th this is it. It's just this tiny bit inside Slimbridge. And I'm like, oh, for God's sake. So I take a minute. I compose myself, I have a little chat, I'm like, it'll be okay. I buy a bag of birdseed for 50p, and I, I'm holding on to it as I'm walking out for dear life. Thinking back, that was probably not a good idea, because if birds want anything, it's going to be the seeds in my hat. And I don't know if you've ever been to Slimbridge, but there's this wooden bridge you have to cross to get into like the main bit. And I walk out, I'm like, yeah, I've got this. I'm going to ignore all these birds. They're in cages. But stood there at the front of this bridge, is this swan and he's looking at me and behind on the other side of this bridge is this goose and he's even more angry and this goose he's staring right into my soul like he 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 just does not like me he hates me he can sense that I don't like him and my mum just with the buggy goes strolling past come on Chloe what are you playing at he's staring at me mum I can't pass him come on stop being so ridiculous so she just wanders off to wherever she's going leaving me on my own, 12 years old, with this bird staring at me. So I'm like, this is ridiculous, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. So I walk past this swan, and his head follows me the whole time I walk around him. And I'm like, I've made it. I have made it past this swan. But I get to the goose, and this goose looks at me, and I look at him. And it's just this, this look before he opens his wings and just goes, and he chases me, and he's chasing me through the whole of Simbridge. And I am running. I am running as fast as I've ever run, and I don't run. So I finally, like, jump over this gate to this place that's just packed full of kids. And I'm like, could this get any worse? And there is bees everywhere and butterflies. And I, I just, I'm like, I want to go home. And my mum's like, we, we've got, like, another six hours. So I just sit on this bench with my little hot chocolate just, just crying about it. And we finally leave, and she never bought me the dress. And to this day, I don't plan on going back to Slimbridge, nor have I actually been back. And everywhere my mum tells me we're going, I now Google to actually see what it is. Thank you. Chloe, with my first and last trip to Slimbridge, a day of your life you'll never get back. Before our final tale, we have Vicky Perrell, 
with her thrilling story, The Ballroom Disaster. I was seven years old when I realised my brother was a psychopath. He was a ballroom dancer, and I'll just leave it at that. He was 17, and he was babysitting me. My parents and my other siblings were out at the time. And I was just upstairs in my room, just playing with my games, with my um, puzzles and all my other games. I was just enjoying myself. I was that happy, content seven-year-old. And then all of a sudden, I heard this voice. And it went, Vic, come downstairs! And I was like, I just ignored it. I just didn't want to listen to him. And then he said it again, Vic, come downstairs! And I was like, no. No, and I just did not know what to do because anything when it concerns my older brother is normally something quite bad. But then I decided to pluck up the courage and I headed downstairs. I was shaking with fear about what would happen. So then I headed towards the lounge and I opened the door and it was completely pitch black. So I shut the door behind me and I thought, I don't really know why I entered this room, but I'm going to see what happens next. And then all of a sudden, I could hear Michael Jackson Thriller playing. <laughs> and I was so petrified and terrified of this song, especially the part where he talks through it. I was shaking with fear, and I just didn't know where my brother was. So then... I walked to the centre of the room and then I could feel this presence towards me and I could feel someone staring down on me and breathing on my face. And I was trembling. I literally did not know what was going to happen. So then, after he was breathing on my face, I looked up and he suddenly turned on this flashlight and went, dance with me, Vicky. <laughs> and I was just like, mm, I don't really want to dance with you. Although you're a good dancer, I don't really want to dance with you. So then I backed off a little bit, but then I thought, okay. And then he said it again, but he said it normally this time. He went, dance with me, Vicky. And every time he turned the flashlight on and off, I was literally terrified and then he said it a few more times and he got closer and closer to me and then I sprinted to the door I was banging I was crying and I was screaming at the top of my voice and then I thought nobody's actually here so how is anyone ever going to help me <laughs> but I was still banging on the door and then suddenly he turned on the flashlight again and he said it one last time Dance with me, Vicky. So me being my gullible and very naive seven-year-old self, walked back over to him and thought, yes, I will dance with you, Sean. <laughs> my brother is about six foot, and you can all see the height of me. <laughs> so I stood on his feet, he had his hands on my shoulder, and we were dancing around the room. God knows why he asked me to dance with him. But then we were moving so fast, I, he suddenly let go of me 
and I fell backwards and I smacked my head on the floor. So then I scurried as fast as I could to get away from him, to get to the door, and I was continuously banging on that door just so I could get out. And then I put my hand towards the handle and I found the key, which I thought that wasn't there earlier. So I turned it and I opened the door and I have never been so happy to see my parents in all my life. I gave them the biggest and warmest embrace. Although I was crying, I was absolutely terrified. But then I told them everything that happened. I thought, I'm gonna drop you in it, Sean. I'm gonna make you get your comeuppance for what you did to me. And guess what? My parents sided with me and he got grounded. So that, my friends, the ballroom dancer got his comeuppance. Thank you. Sounds like a traumatizing experience for Vicky. It really was a thriller at your doorstep. Sadly, we have reached our final story of the episode, which shall be told by Summer Pargita. Here is her story, The Dollar. So when I was younger, I thought I was a really good child. Actually, I thought I was an angel. And to be honest, I was a really good sister as well, because I was always up for taking the blame for whatever my sister had done, because she would always persuade me with like a Cabas cream egg or something. So I'd be like, yeah, sure. Also, she was six and I was four. So I was like, okay, okay. So um, one day, no, actually, do you know what? This time, it wasn't me or my sister. One day, we was in our room, just, just playing, playing with our games, our Disney stuff, and we hear my mum and Shad, which is my stepdad, talking in the front room. And we're like, oh, what's going on? What's going on? They call us in, and we're like, yeah? And they say, there's 20 pounds gone missing. And we're like, so? And they're like, can you help us find it? And we're like, okay. So I'm really trying to find it. And my sister's just dossing about. And I don't even know what she's doing, looking in the mirror and stuff. And there's me like looking under the sofa, looking in the drawers, everywhere. And then my mum, she points at me and she's like, you, I know you've stole it. I'll call the police if you don't give it to me. And I'm like, what? What do you mean a four year old stole your money? So I'm looking everywhere, and about 10 minutes go by, and I finally found it. And the relief I felt, I was like, yes, I found this, I'm not going to get told off. It was behind the sofa next to the radiator. So I take it to my man, and I'm like, look, look, I found it. And she's like, come here. And I'm like, oh, she's going to give me a hug. She's going to be like, well done. So I look outside. All right, I don't know why I'm looking outside. Two police officers are stood outside, walking up and down the street with torches. I should say, we lived in Elm Street. My mum didn't actually call the police on me. It, Elm Street was a really bad place to live. And, but obviously, as I was four, I was like, oh my God, they're here for me, they're gonna take me away. My mum's like, Sam, if you don't admit to stealing this money, the police are gonna come up and they're gonna take you away. I'm like, mm, right but I didn't steal it. And she's like, yeah, you did, I know you did. And I was like, no, no, I didn't. And at this point, my stepdad's gone to the front door. And I'm like, no, I haven't stole it. He pretends to knock on the door. And um, my mum's like, son, that's the police. We're gonna let him in. 
if you don't tell the truth. I'm like, yeah, but mum, I, I can't tell the truth to something I haven't done. I'm crying at this point. I'm like, mum, I swear on my life I didn't do this. I really didn't do this. I, I don't know. Why don't you believe me? I'm four. And she's like, right, I know you've done it. And then my stepdad opens the door. And then he's like, Trey, shall I let him in? And I'm like, mum, I haven't stolen. She's like, Sam, this is your last chance to say you stole it. And she's like, because when I said to you, I'm going to ring the police, you magically found it. And I was like, yeah, in 10 minutes. And she was like, yeah, but you could have just made that, like, you could have just been like, yeah, I'll find it in 10 minutes and be like, yeah, I didn't steal it. So my mum's like, so are you going to admit it? And I'm like, no. And then she says, go on, let him in. And she's like, oh, all right. And I'm like, no, no, wait, wait. And she's like, what, are you going to admit it? I'm like, well, and she's like, all right, all right. She's, I'm getting scared and my heart's going. I'm like, okay, I've done it. I didn't do it. <laughs> I just wanted the police to go away, the, the police to go away. So my mum was like, go to your room. I just took 20 pounds off me. So I went to my room and I, I had a little cry. And I tell her this story now. And she's like, yeah, but some of you did steal it. And I'm like, no, I didn't. And she's like, yeah, you did. And I'm like, no, I didn't. And this morning, I was speaking to my stepdad about it. And I was like, yeah, I'm telling a story tonight. And he's like, yeah, what's it about? And I'm like, you, see, and I stole 20 pound. And he's like, you did steal 20 pound. And I was like, no, I was four. Why would I steal £20 if I'm four? What the hell am I going to do with the £20 note? So he's like, you wasn't four. You was in school. You was about five or six. I'm like, no, I wasn't. I was five or six when we moved to Brockworth. And he's like, yeah, and it happened in Brockworth. I was like, no, it didn't. It happened in Elm Street. And my mum goes, yeah, Shad, it did happen in Elm Street. And I was like... Ha! My memory is better than yours, so obviously I didn't steal this £20. And my mum's like, well, if KK stole your money, my brother is nine, so he would know what to do with the £20. And um, she was like, if he magically stole your money, and you said, I'm going to ring the police if you don't give it to you, and he finds it, and he gives it to you, what are you going to think? And I was like, well, I'm going to think he stole it, but there's a difference. He's nine, nearly ten. I was four. Basically, a toddler. And she's like, no, I'm not listening to you anymore. And I'm like, okay, don't believe me, but at least my sister does. Thank you. What a great story to close on. Maybe now they'll believe your innocence. Summer confessing to a crime I didn't commit. Thank you to all of our performers for sharing their stories with us. And thank you to you, our listeners, for putting in the time to support us in our learning. Join us in December for the second half of our Sonder project with our Sonder Story Slam. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.